Today, the world is demanding more of products and packaging. Consumers want more variety. Governments are demanding sustainability. And supply chains, they're more complex than ever before. Simply put, companies that make things need to respond faster than ever to change. Welcome to Beyond the Shelf, the product and packaging podcast. I'm Laura Fodi, and I'll be your host. Since I was a kid, I've always been fascinated by how things are made. And at Specrite, I get to work with product and packaging leaders to help them spend less time chasing data and more time making amazing things. We'll interview experts and industry leaders across food and beverage, beauty, consumer goods, and industrials and manufacturing. We're going to go beyond the shelf and get a behind the scenes look into the things you use every day and even the ones you don't. Where do the best ideas come from? How are leaders making sustainability goals a reality? What trends are here to stay? And what's just a passing fad? We're going to ask our guests all this and more. So be sure to subscribe and get ready to go Beyond the Shelf. Hello, and welcome to Beyond the Shelf, the product and packaging podcast where we interview the people behind the amazing products we use every day. I'm Laura Fodi, and today I'm thrilled to be speaking with Spencer Ober, Executive Vice President of Good Planet Foods, one of the fastest growing plant-based cheese brands. In his role, Spencer leads the operations and supply chain division, as well as the private label and industrial businesses. His journey has been, in his words, all but conventional. He joined Good Planet after spending nearly eight years in a Washington state prison. Shortly after jumping in headfirst with Good Planet, Spencer was inspired to create another company, Unincarcerated Productions, with the mission of shifting the societal paradigm surrounding the formerly incarcerated and legal system at large. Spencer, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Laura. It's a pleasure to be here. To start, can you give a brief overview of your background in Good Planet Foods? Oh, boy. Uh, Brief. Yes, I will try. I think the introduction gives people a pretty good idea that I didn't get into CPG as uh, the most conventional route. I think w- and the more that I learn about people, especially on the supply chain side of CPG, uh, the more I realize that uh, most people had kind of an unconventional route. It's not that they went to college for that, but we we find ourselves here regardless. So my background started out in entrepreneurship in the automotive industry. And then I did a bunch of different things uh, throughout my journey, uh, both inside and outside of prison. Um And really, it was an opportunity that presented itself through one of my then mentors and now business partner and one of my best friends, uh, David Israel, to come and join Good Planet right as he was starting it. He was transitioning out of his last business venture, which was a snack company, wanted to start something in the better for you space. And it was just kind of a pivotal time in both of our lives. And it sounded, uh, sounded like a good opportunity. So... I dove in quite literally head first without knowing what I was getting into and have kind of figured it out and built along the way. Yeah. And you mentioned that David had built a, a snack company previously. What was the idea that led to Good Planet Foods? Yeah. So I think really for him, he, he's he been a, at least we both are, but he's been a very health conscious person for a long time. And having spent quite... Um, I don't honestly remember exactly how long it was, but uh, close, maybe close to a decade building a an international and quite successful snack food company. 
I think he was really looking for something still in the food or CPG space because he fell in love with it while building that company, but something that was more aligned with his own personal values of health and wellness and uh, honestly, the environment too, doing, doing things that support the environment and are more sustainable. And his sister-in-law said, you know what? You should really look at the vegan cheese space because that's what we called it then. I mean, it wasn't plant-based as it is now. It was vegan cheese. And he was kind of a little taken aback because he's like, well, okay, uh, I'm not, he, he wasn't at the time vegan or plant-based. And he's like, why do I care? You know, I don't, it doesn't really uh, interest me. And I have no idea what the problem there is to even innovate around. And she said, no, no, you really need to take a look at it. Uh, so we did. And she was right. The products were terrible. Uh, you would have rather eaten the, the wrapper that the stuff was in than the product itself. So we saw an opportunity to do something that aligned more with his health and wellness values to bring consumers uh, the experience of cheese, but plant-based. And everybody knows that the joy that you get when you eat cheese is just, or at least most everybody, I, I don't think I've met one person who doesn't like cheese ever. Um, so we wanted to bring that real, you know, that cheese experience to people, but do it in a way that was more health uh, aligned and more environmentally aligned. And it made clicked for me pretty much right away because I became lactose intolerant when I was 18 or 19 years old. So it sounded like a good idea if we could replicate the cheese experience, but I don't have to deal with what cheese does to me, then I was all in anyways. And since, you know, since we embarked on that journey, I think both of us have become even more conscious of what a more plant-based diet uh, can do in terms of benefits personally, and also what it can do for our environment and for making our planet a, not only a, a more enjoyable place to live now, but making sure it's around for future generations to come. Absolutely. And, you know, as a marketer, I think it's interesting that you mentioned initially it was looking at the vegan cheese space. Now it's plant-based, you know, educate me a little bit. Are those the same things? Why has that language changed? No, it's it's definitely not the same, which is interesting because on the surface, it certainly feels like it. It seems like it. But I think what we what we realized pretty quickly uh, and actually while we were at trade shows, you know, early on, like one of the first trade shows we went to, we were right next to we we're pretty much in the dairy cheese section. And so, you know, David and I, you know, go over and I would go over and look, he would go over and try some of the dairy cheeses and somebody walked past and said, Hey, what are you doing? And he's like, what? I'm trying. I mean, it looks like good cheese. I'm trying. He's like, well, aren't you a vegan cheese company? Like you're not vegan. He's like, no. He's like, oh my gosh. And you know, got all upset and walked away and, and wouldn't even look at our booth. So we started to gain an understanding pretty early on that if, if you align with the and this is certainly not to uh uh to to talk badly in any way about vegans but they it's a much more stringent uh philosophy and way of life than plant-based and because of the values that come along with veganism the the rest of society who hasn't uh, aligned their their philosophy and and their uh, their way of life with that is deterred from trying things that they view as vegan 
you know, we would have people, we would have, you know, regular old guys who looked like, you know, meat and potato and dairy cheese kind of guys walk past the booth and we'd say, Hey, do you want to try some vegan cheese? I'm like, no, uh-uh. not try anything vegan. Thanks. But if we reframe it and it's been kind of a progression. So first it it was vegan cheese and then it was dairy free cheese. And that opened it up to more people. If we asked, Hey, you want to try some dairy free cheese? Sure. That sounds interesting more often than not, but still some people are like, that doesn't make any sense. I don't know. How could you make dairy, you know, cheese dairy free? I'm good. But as, as the plant-based industry and, uh, and culture as a whole has grown, not just in this country, but around the world and, and using that terminology, using plant-based, it's much more approachable. If you ask somebody, if they want to try something that's plant-based, they're like, oh, sure. And it doesn't have the same, it doesn't have the same connotation as vegan. And vegan, I think, comes along with too many rules for most people. <laughs> you know, admittedly, I think yeah. um, the vast majority of people who eat plant-based nowadays are the the so-called flexitarian, and um, we don't necessarily want to be be bound by what we by what people view as all of the rules that come along with vegan. That, that's a great explanation, Spencer. And I think now it's really clear to me that vegan is more of like a diet, right? A lifestyle that you're following potentially, where plant-based is something that anyone can participate in, right? Because it's not you're changing a lifestyle, it's just making a selection. And I think about my own life. I mean, there's certain scenarios where, you know, I'm choosing something plant-based and it's not because I have a certain dietary restriction or a certain philosophy. It's just, you know, variety, right? And I think the the flexitarian trend is something that's really interesting and something that we'll continue to see. So now where do you find inspiration and what are you most excited about when you look at innovation at your company? Uh, I think really where we look for innovation and inspiration for innovation is in the most popular mainstream items that aren't plant-based. And it sounds almost like kind of a copycat strategy, but we found that it again it's about making these products approachable to the masses and people are much more open to trying something that gives them the full experience that they're used to visually they see it on the shelf it looks the same you know they taste it it tastes the same but oh my gosh it's plant based and it's better for me and you know it's it's either the same price or not very much more expensive so gosh why not why not keep doing it so that's where we look for, that's really where we look for inspiration for innovation. And again, the main reason for that is the consumer that we're serving now is, uh, I think we've got a limitless options, it seems like, overwhelming amount of options. I mean, goodness, uh, try, go, try going into a supermarket, right? I mean, even for, even for people who have never uh, been separated from that for a period of time, it can be overwhelming just to choose what you want for dinner. So everyone has so many options and to, to make sure that we're bringing people this joy of cheese that is really part of our mission uh, and doing it plant-based, we, we strive to bring them the experience that they're used to, that they're looking for in a conventional option, but just to do it in the plant-based option. And uh, some of the things that we have coming down the pipeline are exactly that. And that actually that we've just recently launched are exactly that. And I'm, I'm really excited about it because it just keeps opening more people's hearts and minds to what we're doing. So Spencer, I brought some snacks 
for our show here. Oh, look at that. <laughs> uh, for those listening, I brought uh, the Pepper Jack plant-based cheese wedge and the original one as well. And to your point, it it's similar to the packaging I would get from like a laughing cow. Like it doesn't, yep. it's not like it's in a, it's in kind of that wheel format. Um, I'm going to open this one, but I have a little bit of a saga around finding this that I'm sure many of your consumers are familiar with. So um, I'm actually in Pennsylvania visiting my my parents. So this is not what I would say the bastion of plant-based folks. And so I went to a grocery store and I went and I started at the cheese aisle because I'm like, you know, maybe there is a plant-based cheese section in the cheese aisle. No dice. I mean, I looked, you know, up and down the shelves everywhere. I'm like, okay, not here. I then walked, I asked someone and they're like, oh, it's probably in the deli. So I walk all the way over to the deli and there's two more cheese kind of freestanding displays. And I'm like looking there and I go back to the guy and I'm like, okay, it's not, it's not with the cheese. It's not with the deli cheese, which had other wheels. I'm like, it says, I'm like, I'm looking at the store locator. It says it's in this store. Like, let's find this. And so he goes to uh, his friend who's, he's like, this guy knows every, where everything is. And he goes, oh, this is in the healthy aisle. And I thought that was really interesting, right? And so like he escorts me to the healthy aisle and all of a sudden it's like, you know, the gluten-free stuff, the plant-based stuff. And of course, like it was super easy to find once I was there. Um, but I've noticed that many retailers are approaching this differently, right? Sometimes it's in, you know, a certain section. Sometimes it's incorporated. What are your, I mean, we know product placement is so important. You talk about consumers getting confused around their stores. You know, how do you think about that experience? And in a perfect world, where do you think it should be? Wow. Well, you just you just described living out what, uh, unfortunately, I think so many people who are trying to eat plant based and specifically trying to find our products go through. And it it's unfortunate because the I think retail at large is still trying to figure out how best to place these in the store. There are some retailers who have the healthy set, like you're talking about, a completely separate section. Uh, there are some that merchandise it in produce. There are some that merchandise it in dairy, some in deli. And we're in pretty much all of those sets at different retailers across the country. And and it, I think it, I hesitate because some retailers have created a, a different expectation from their consumers because how they mer of how they merchandise so it might make more sense in in one store to have it in produce than it does in another store which it makes more sense to have it in the deli or dairy i think at large in an ideal world and my hypothesis anyway as to where it's going to eventually end up is that plant-based is going to be available right next to its conventional counterpart. If you're looking for cheese, it's going to be in the cheese aisle. If you're looking for plant-based meat, it's going to be in the meat aisle. And, you know, the same would play out through all the sets. And I, I believe that that's the, the best. It's the best for the consumer's experience. Less apt to get frustrated when you're looking at the store locator app saying, no, it's in this dang store, but I can't find it. Um, but it's also much better just for the plant-based category as a whole, because it encourages people to try plant-based when maybe they wouldn't have thought about it if they had to hunt it down in some other aisle. I love that, Spencer. And it goes back to what you said earlier of that's truly letting people be flexitarian, right? Like they're going to that aisle and they're seeing that there's another option 
And they're able to make that choice in that moment versus having to go somewhere else. Many of us are mission. I know I'm mission driven when I'm in a grocery store. And so there's not always a lot of time for, for exploration. Um, I'm going to try, uh, I'd like to try this. Can you walk us through, I know you have a new wheel that just came out, right? Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about the, is it the smoked Gouda? Yes. So we have, I don't actually, I don't know that we've officially announced the new wedge flavor that we have coming out. So we have a new wedge flavor that's going to be coming out soon. Everybody stay tuned for that. Uh, But we also just launched a new product, a whole new product line, which is in a different format than what you're looking at there, which those are smoked Gouda and smoked cheddar wheels they're actually in you know around a round shape just like you would get a boar's head smoked uh, gouda or smoked cheddar wheel we're doing those except for plant-based and it's it's the same experience it's just plant-based and our brand other than that i mean it's real applewood smoked it's delicious unfortunately i don't think the store you went to had those because i didn't see you hold them up to the screen but i'm really excited about those and i am hoping that your listeners are going to be able to find them at stores nationwide pretty soon. And Sprouts may or may not be one of those. We'll I'm just immediately thinking about the cheese board of my dreams and like the what a plant. Now I feel like you could really make a plant-based cheese board and have it be very Instagram friendly, right? Like you could have all these different types of cheeses and options. Not that we're doing it for the gram, but let's be honest, a lot of us are. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's yep. another... That's that true. We won't even get into, but all right, I'm going to give this a try. What I notice is that it's got, I mean, it looks like cheese, first of all, which I think is awesome. All right. I have it on a gluten-free cracker. So let's give right. it a shot here. You're making me hungry. Wow. That's good. Thank you. You wouldn't know. Yep, exactly. And that's, that's the goal. There's no reason that there's no reason that any of us should have to compromise the experience is that we get a lot of people get joy out of eating in general, but you know, especially cheese and like you said, cheese boards, sharing that with other people at gatherings and everything. And it's, I think culturally we really gather around food and there's no reason we should have to have to compromise that experience just to do something better for us in the, in the planet. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how your company thinks about sustainability? Obviously, you know, you believe plant-based is better for the environment, but how do you think about things like packaging and really looking at that from a 360 degree view? It is a big priority for us. Unfortunately, it's not easy to execute on right now, especially uh, with the packaging for our core, what we call our core line of products, which are our various shreds and slices, because that flexible plastic packaging, which all cheese, dairy and plant-based pretty much comes in now is really just the technology is not quite to a point where you can make it either, you, you could make it recyclable or compostable and still maintain the integrity of the product. We are in the process of moving down a path that is kind of a midway point for us until we can get to that fully recyclable or you know fully compostable option. And doing as much as we can to start incorporating in like the plastic packaging itself, uh, recycled content. Now we already use all, pretty much all, um, all of our cardboard or corrugate is from recycled content. So, I, I mean, the, the short answer is it's a big deal for us. We know it's a big deal for 
for our consumers. Um, but it is really, I mean, it's part of our mission. We don't want to, you know, we want to be reducing the carbon footprint, not adding to it. So everything we do, we look at doing it as economical and environmentally friendly as possible. And I mean, that goes everything from our packaging to our supply chain and our logistics. We want to minimize as much as we can, how many trucks have to be on the road to get our products to the stores. Um, so yeah, short answer is important. Yeah. I mean, I, first off, I appreciate your, your honesty and I've yet to talk to a company that has this all figured out. I think what's really inspiring is that you started with the product because sometimes that's the hardest thing to change, right? And then you're looking at it from a, a very dynamic approach. And I have to say too, food packaging is hard, right? Because there's sanitary requirements and performance requirements. And so to your point, this isn't an easy, you know, there's no easy fix to sustainability. I love the way that you guys are approaching it really thoughtfully and really transparently, because I think no consumer really believes that, you know, everything's going to change instantly, but they want to know that companies have a vision and have a plan and have an awareness around that. So I think that's, uh, that's fantastic. I know that you guys do some co-branding and partnerships. Can you talk a little bit about how, how that shows up in the market and why that's important sure. to your business? Sure. Uh, so definitely important for our business. Again, it's another way for us to work collaboratively within the plant-based space to expand the category as a whole. Um, probably the most widely distributed uh, co-branded product right now uh, is on pizzas. Uh, we have a, a partner, a great partner, OG Foods. Uh, they have an awesome gluten-free pizza and we do four different uh, pizzas with them plus some breakfast or not breakfast uh, appetizer bites bocce bites or I, i'm probably screwing up the pronunciation on that they're they're very italian and would correct me pretty quickly i'm sure but amazing products and and, and i think it's in, again important for us as plant-based companies and better for you companies to collaborate on products and, brand, and co-brand them because it reaches twice the consumer and, and you know the consumer recognition that we would have otherwise alone they see oh good planet well i love good planet so this has got to be a good pizza or oh i love og's pizza so i mean they're not going to be using a crappy cheese um so i you know it, it's all about again it really expanding the category as a whole versus you know coming in and trying to compete for somebody else's existing business because that's just not really interesting uh to to us i love that it's really kind of the rising tides lifts all boats analogy, right? Um, Bingo. You know, but it's it's also easier said than done, right? Bringing together two different companies to create something new. So what are kind of the secrets or best practices when it comes to working with another company to bring a product to life that that has, you know, different ingredients or different elements from different companies? That is a very good question. And I think we're all still just as with business uh, in general, we're all still learning as we go. But the really the first the first step is to make sure that you're aligned with the type of products. And I mean, the type of products in terms of holistically. So, you know, we, yes, we want we want to make plant based and maybe it's a company that's not doing plant based right now. Um, which honestly I see as fantastic opportunities for us to partner with because we're helping them in an area where we have more expertise in the plant-based side of things. They're helping us in an area they have more expertise in, say, yeah, pizza, for example, frozen pizza or a 
a ready-made deli sandwich or some other kind of prepared meal that we don't have as much expertise in. And we're helping them expand into the plant-based category, which of course is expanding the category as a whole. So really the, for me, it's always just about uh, a, it's about going on almost a fact finding mission, a discovery mission with all these different companies to understand what's important to them and what, what kind of um, expertise they have, what kind of capabilities they have and sharing the same about our company and then having the conversation about, you know, how can we bring our expertise together? How can we bring our, you know, our, our collective goals and visions together to create something that's going to expand the space for both of us? And it works pretty well. I love that. And it, it's funny, I was at a I was just at a conference where I heard uh, executives from huge brands like Colgate and Coca-Cola and they were talking about this need for collective partnerships to solve challenges like sustainability. And I love that you guys are attacking that at the product level, right? And really saying like, how can we make, you know, help someone who's making gluten-free pizza do one with a plant-based cheese and coming together in new and interesting ways. Who are some of your dream co-brand partnerships? If you could kind of wave your magic wand, who would you want to work with and why? Oh, well, there's one that we are working with and that we're just launching a co-brand collaborative product actually in germany with uh it's a you know multinational worldwide company and since we're launching a collect a, a co-brand product in uh, in germany together i'm i'm pretty sure i'm okay saying that you know they're they're definitely high on the list of of our of, of partners that we would desire to expand partnerships with and, and, you know, look at partnerships in all different countries. And that's Nestle. Um, and there's, I mean, there's a ton of brands uh, under that huge umbrella that would be great partners and, and, uh, and really open up, I think, amazing opportunities for expansion for both of us. And I, I, I have to, my hats, my proverbial hat is off to their leadership. Their CEO has made it very, very clear that across all of their businesses that Nestle wants to make sure that they have amazing plant-based offerings and they don't uh, they don't have it in all of their businesses yet but they're making great progress and they do have some amazing plant-based products out there already so um, they're probably at the top of my list but I mean list off all of the big ones out there that have great conventional products I think ultimately we're the way we're heading as just as a as a culture as consumers everybody's going to want the plant-based option from those brands that they know and love uh, that they've grown up with so they would all be on my list well i love as a marketer that you talk about brands people grow up with because brand equity is so important and i love the idea of you leveraging that to get in front of those people right and giving them another option i think that i think that's extremely innovative you know one thing that i want to highlight for listeners is oftentimes we think about innovation as what we're doing with the product when it could be a partnership it could be something with packaging it could be something with how you're making the product it doesn't just have to be about the thing that someone's consuming so really hats off to you guys for for thinking beyond what I would say the traditional scope of, of innovation means to most companies. What are you most excited about when you look to the future of Good Planet Foods? Oh, wow. Um, I, there's so many things. I'm, really, I'm just really excited for our growth in general 
and and our expansion in our product lines because it's it not I mean it's opened a lot more retail doors, which you have I mean you have to be in the store in order for people to you know to be able to get your product and enjoy your product and and really uh, fulfill the mission of of giving people the joy of cheese, but doing it plant based of course. So I would say our innovation is what excites me the most because it's what's driving our growth. It's what's going to propel us to, I, I believe, uh, pretty quickly, the fastest growing uh, plant-based cheese in the segment again. And it's what's going to make sure that we are available in every store and through every channel for people to, to enjoy our products and to have a more plant-based, but to have the option of a more plant-based lifestyle. I'm I'm just I'm excited about so much so much, but I'm gonna focus on that one for now. I, I love that. And you guys have so many exciting things going on and congratulations to you and the team for for all your success. So now we'll start to close out with my favorite segment. We have a few rapid fire questions for you. The first is what is your favorite product right now? Well, like I told you earlier, I am lactose intolerant, so that is a really hard choice for me. I am going to have to say again, this is a really hard choice. But I'm going to have to say it's the wedges and probably the smoked Gouda wedge. And it's because my fiance is super creative. Like I love, I love just snacking on them and having them with crackers. That's great. But she's made some of the most amazing like baked and uh, baked creations and dips and, you know, other dishes using that product as part of the base. That I think it's uh, not only is it absolutely delicious and you never know that it's plant based, but it's also a mate instead of but I would say and it's also extremely versatile and you can expand your, you know, your culinary enjoyment horizons just really exponentially. It's blown my mind uh, what you can do with that product. So that's probably my favorite. I I know you guys have a recipe section. Have you been hitting her up for, for some of these? Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm working on her. She's, she's so creative that she usually doesn't write any of them down, but, uh, but we're working on that. That's awesome. I love that. It's, it's fun for you to be able to share that love of cheese, as you say, right together. Um, mm-hmm. What product or packaging trend are you most excited about right now? You know, honestly, as I've learned more and more about the impact to the environment of uh, most of the packaging that is out in market today, I would say the trend towards recyclable is, is certainly a, a good uh, point of progress, but I'm the most excited probably about progress towards compostable uh, packaging. And, and at this stage of the game, I'll say both of those, e- either or, I'm equal equally as excited about the progress that uh, really the... F- the CPG space as a whole is making, but in particular in food, since as we talked about, it's notoriously challenging in food. And I'm I'm excited because I I believe, and I think quite a few people believe that we're getting finally getting pretty close to making some good breakthroughs and really making some strong progress towards that. So I'm excited I'm excited to not have to worry about where, you know, a a cheese wrapper is going to end up. Yeah, I love that. Shout out to all the packaging engineers working on these problems. I know they go to some of the hardest schools to get into, study a lot of material sciences, and and they're out there working on that. 
Our last question, we typically do a segment called kill, keep, or change, but I don't have my options in front of me since I'm traveling this week. So instead, I thought um, you mentioned earlier, you know, if you could pick a product that's conventional and make it plant-based, if you could pick your dream product that hasn't been plant-based ties yet, what would it be? Or that hasn't been done well? Mm. That is a tough one. I'm okay. So I'm going to go with, with seafood because, uh, admittedly that is one of my weaknesses and has been a staple, you know, it was certainly growing up and it's just something that it is, uh, when it comes to culinary love and the love of food, uh, seafood is at the top of the list for me, uh, probably right along with cheese and dairy. Um, so now that we've made some serious progress on the whole with all the plant-based dairy options, I am really excited and um, hopeful that there are some really good breakthroughs coming for plant-based seafood and plant-based fish, plant-based sushi, most especially, because I mean, I would absolutely, I personally, and I think many people out there would love to have the joy of sushi but not have to worry about whether or not we're harming, you know, the, the ocean's ecosystems plant-based. Spencer, great pick because last week we had Jan Tharp, the CEO of Bumblebee on, and she was talking all about plant-based tuna and their partnerships and all of her excitement in the space. I feel like you guys might be able to have something. I'm trying to think of like tuna, like a tuna casserole in a salad, tuna, tuna, a plant-based tuna melt. All right. I feel like that could be, a thing and definitely something that I would enjoy. Uh, Spencer, thank you so much for joining us. How can people, you know, follow your journey and, and the journey of Good Planet? Absolutely. So Good Planet, you can definitely follow us on Instagram. Uh, we're very active on Instagram. Uh, you can find recipes and you know, news about new product launches there for sure. Um, you can check out our website, goodplanetfoods.com. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at, at Spencer Oberg. You can uh, follow me on LinkedIn. Um, you can also follow Good Planet on LinkedIn. We're on all of the the major social channels, um, but Instagram is probably the most active. And our website, you can get a direct line to us anytime anytime you want to reach out. We're happy to connect. I love that. I love that. And for those of you who you know heard me crunching on that uh, cheese wedge, they have a great store locator page where you can type in your. Um, zip code and find all the stores and not just the stores that sell it, but what products they're selling in the store, which I found extremely helpful. Um, so thank you everyone for listening. And if you like the episode, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. One last show note, I want to give a shout out to my dad. It's his birthday today. Uh, dad, if you're listening, I appreciate you and love you. Spencer, thanks again. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Laura. Happy birthday, Laura's dad. Bye, everybody. Bye. And for those listening, if you liked this episode, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes or Spotify. If you want to learn more about Spencer's story, check out the Unincarcerated podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out unincarcerated.com. <laughs>